in that moment. Let's just try and think about what it was like for those disciples. Just imagine you're walking with Jesus, you're spending time with Jesus, you listen to him teach for so long. This is the one that God had promised. This is the Messiah. You're so excited about what he's going to do. But then suddenly it's Good Friday and this one that was meant to be the Savior is dead. And they didn't understand it. They couldn't understand what God was doing. They're thinking, God, what, what's the deal? Jesus is dead. He's gone. And yesterday as a family, as we were having lunch or dinner, we were sitting around the table and I said, can you imagine what it would have been like for the disciples on the Saturday between Good Friday and Sunday? They were overcome with grief. But then Sunday comes, these, these women go to the tomb. They go to the tomb and, and it's open. And they're like, what's going on? And they, they go inside and, and the, the grave clothes are all folded up and they're saying, where is he? And the angels come and they say, he's not here, he's alive. And then they remember all the things that Jesus has said. And they're like, it's true, he's alive. And kids, if you're listening, there's number one, Jesus is alive. Amen. <laughs> what an exciting day. Let's turn in our, actually, before we turn in our Bibles, I wonder if you've ever dreamed of winning Tats Lotto. Anyone ever dreamed of Tats Lotto? It would be an absolute miracle for me because I've never bought a Tats Lotto ticket in my life. Don't condone gambling one bit. But it would, it would, be, it would be nice. I wonder if you've ever dreamed of winning the Olympics. I'll put my hand up again. Um, I wonder if you've ever dreamed of being a millionaire or a billionaire or having a business that was the most amazing, world-transforming business ever. All of that is insignificant to what Jesus did at Easter time, that he died and he rose again. It is finished through what Jesus did on the cross. He came alive and it, it's the most amazing news ever. This is so much better than anything you can imagine or dream of. And if you don't understand it yet, my prayer this morning is that by the end of this morning you will understand why it is so amazing. We're going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 24. And if your kids are looking on, they can probably tell me what verse. Verse 1, 2, 12. Good job. Here we go. Luke 24, verse 1 to 12. It says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. Hello, as the voice in the video said. <laughs> the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. 
You know, the disciples who walked with Jesus, the disciples who had heard Jesus talk about the fact that he would be crucified, he would be handed over and put to death and then rise again three days later, they didn't believe it at first. They couldn't understand how Jesus could be alive. They saw him crucified on the cross. And if any of you were here the other day when we watched the movie The Case for Christ, and I encourage you, even if you saw the movie, get a copy of the book. Read about the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the evidence of his death, the evidence for his coming alive again. Resurrection. It's overwhelming. If you look at the the facts, the, the disciples couldn't believe that he was alive because they totally knew that he was dead. And in the hundred years after Jesus' resurrection, there was people that said he can't have ever died because so he can't have been alive because he was most certainly dead. And yet there was other groups that rose up and said, well, actually, we saw him alive. He actually can't have been killed. Maybe he just fainted. Maybe he wasn't really dead. Maybe they, they crucified the wrong guy because Jesus was most certainly alive. And it's amazing. These two groups who wanted to disprove who Jesus was argued the two opposite opinions because they'd both seen one of the evidences, but not the other. The reality is, if they talked to each other, they'd find out the truth that Jesus actually did die. But we also know that he was also alive again. Jesus is alive again. And for them and for us, kids, don't miss the next point, for them and for us. Sorry, have we got the sound up, Joe? Can I just, I'm just going to do that again because... I did this especially for the kids. I don't want them to miss out. <laughs> and maybe for me. But for them and for us. Uh, in the words everything. of... Uh, in, the wor- in the words of Hiccup, this changes everything. Sorry, that was supposed to be smooth. <laughs> The reality was Jesus' resurrection changed everything. It changed everything for the disciples. It changed everything for those who discovered it. And for us today, if we understand that Jesus has risen again, it should change everything. It changes everything. If Jesus had just been a good man, if Jesus had just been a good teacher, maybe if Jesus was even just a prophet, he would not have come alive again. And in reality, I think we've got three options to choose from. We can think, A, he's just another good person who came back to life. You know all those other good people who came back to life? It doesn't happen. B, he is who he said he is and everything he said is true. Or C, we don't know. Well, if I'm really honest, I think if it's C for us and we don't know, chances are maybe we don't want to know. I want to challenge you, if you do not know who Jesus is, investigate the facts. You will find atheist after atheist after atheist, people who didn't believe in God or Jesus that have, and I've I've seen more this week just looking on different things online, of people who hated God, could not believe in Jesus, who finally said, I'm going to investigate this, and they could not deny the facts that Jesus is who he said he is. And it changes everything. I believe there is no other answer to who Jesus is than he is who he said he is. And if if he is who he says he is, it changes everything. His promises are true. Everything he said is true and it applies to us. 
I want to look at a few of the promises, and kids, don't miss the, the, the words. A few of the promises that Jesus shared. Matthew 5 verse 3 says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I know I am poor and I need Jesus. The Bible says, if I recognize my need for him, the kingdom of heaven is ours. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Does anyone want some rest today? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to heaven, to eternal life. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. What an awesome verse that is. John eleven twenty five. There is so many verses we could read today of the promises Jesus made, the things he spoke that we see through the resurrection are true, that He is the Messiah. He is God come to earth to save us from sin. He has done it. It is finished. And this is the good news of the Christian message. This is the good news of our hope. This is the good news that we have and can hold on to through everything that happens in this life. But maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're thinking, Andrew... Maybe I even know you, but maybe you're thinking, Andrew, you don't know the rest of my story. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that I've done in the past, the things I've said. Maybe you've denied him. Maybe you've hurt people. Maybe you've lied or cheated or stolen. Maybe you've even murdered someone. Maybe you've committed adultery. I don't know what has happened in your life. But I want to say that, you know, some of the great heroes of the Bible... Some of Jesus' closest disciples and people that loved him and followed him and changed the world in his name were just like you and just like me. They were sinners just as we were, just as we are. You know, Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. Peter denied Jesus three times and did some other crazy things too. Paul hunted down Christians and put them to death. Matthew was a thief. He collected the taxes, but took a bit for the Caesar, a bit for himself. You know, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for every one of you sitting in this room. Jesus died for any, every one of you listening to the podcast. Jesus died on the cross for every person that's ever lived on this earth. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't change his love for you. Jesus died for you. He rose again so that you too can have new life. You know, no one is too far gone for Jesus to bring back to life. No one is too far gone, too, too bad a sinner, too caught up in a world of sin for Jesus to restore and save and rescue from sin. No one is too far gone while we still have breath in our lungs. One day that breath will stop and we will be judged. But no one who is on this earth today, no one is, who's alive and listening to this message, it is too late for you. No, it's not. No one is too far gone. Jesus died for you. 
If you'll forgive us, we know he'll also help us because he died for us because he loves us. I want to take a moment to think about death. You're thinking, wow, it's, it's Easter, Andrew. Let's talk about something happy. I want to talk about death for a moment. And I want to talk about death not as a place that we might go to one day. I don't want to think about death as a, a state that some people are in. I don't want you to think about one day we will be dead. But I want to think about death as a journey that we are all on. It's like, oh, wow, this is, Andrew, this is getting even cheerier. <laughs> we are all on the road to death. We are all going to die one day. And you know what? We're, we're already on that road. I see my body getting older. It's harder to get out of bed. The older I get, man, I'm old. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm going on a hike, looking forward to it. <laughs> we're all going to die one day. And you know what? We're already on the road to death. As depressing on that se- as that might sound, it's true. Every one of us is going to die. But the reality is God made us and he loves us. He had a plan and a purpose for us. And if you listen to the podcast, I've got a circle on the screen which represents us. God made us and he, he designed us to be in perfect relationship with him, to, to live with him forever in relationship with our loving God. But the reality is every one of us has sinned and I'm representing that by spots. We've all got spots. We've all sinned. It doesn't matter how big a thing it was. We've all hurt people. We've all disobeyed God. We've all done the wrong thing and sinned. And the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. Every one of us is going to die for our sin. Our bodies are going to die and decay in the ground or however it happens. You might be cremated. I don't know. We're all on the road to death. It doesn't matter how many sins, how big or small our sins are, we are all on that road to death. But the good news of Easter, the good news of Jesus, the good news of the Christian hope is that Jesus came and never sinned. He was not born of the seed of man. He had no sin in him. He was the perfect one who came and offered his life as the sacrifice for our sin. He gave his life to pay the penalty for our sin. And the Bible says if we come to Jesus, if we come to the cross, if we come to him and say, thank you, Jesus, that you took my punishment upon the cross. I understand, Jesus, that you died not because you had to, but because you loved me, you took my punishment upon the cross so that I could be washed clean. And we come to him and we say, God, please forgive me. The Bible says, repent, turn away from living your old selfish way, turn to him and come follow him. If we'll acknowledge that, ask for his forgiveness, believe in him, put our faith in him, we get to move away from that path of death and have new life. The Bible calls it being born again. It means to be born of the spirit. Our our, our physical bodies still die. Oh, golly gosh, that's a pain, isn't it? Our physical bodies still decay and get old and weary and creaky and hurt. But we have life. We have life even today. We have relationship with God. The moment you put your trust in Jesus, you are born again. You are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. You've left that path of death and you are transferred into that path of life. You're now his child. You're, you're a part of his kingdom. And we don't have the fullness of it yet. That would be awesome. We still have suffering. If you don't understand that, listen to our podcast from a couple of weeks ago. 
But we are already in that path of life. And we're going to have eternal life even when we die. One Corinthians chapter fifteen. Sorry, it doesn't matter how many sins we have. Every one of us can come to the cross and know that Jesus has died for our sin. We can be washed hot, clean. God sees us not as sinners anymore, but saints in His eyes, holy and clean. One Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse forty-seven says, "Adam, like Adam and Eve, Adam, Adam in the garden, Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man." Now, just to explain, if anyone's thinking, hang on, he wasn't the second man. There was lots of other people. Christ is talked about in the Bible as the, the second man, the second Adam. The, the, the new person came from heaven. Verse 48. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Now, stick with me in case you're getting lost. Verse 50, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever in one place or another. And we who are living, we who are living, will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We've been singing it already today. For the sin, for sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. In Jesus, there is no sting of death. Although we die, we can live forever. We have life in Him now and for eternity. I know people who've come to Jesus and said, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin so that I can have relationship with you and peace on this earth. They didn't even realize there was an eternal destiny for those in Christ as well. We have life with him on this earth and we have an eternity with him to look forward to also. Be thinking, Andrew, that's great. But how do I move from one road to the other? How can I go from that road of death to the road of life? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to imagine for a minute that Jesus is alive and living as a physical person on the, world, on the, on the, on the earth today. And he goes up to the local police station and he goes in there and he, he walks in and he walks up to the counter and he goes, here is 100 million billion dollars to pay for every fine of every person for every offence they commit from this day forward. And the police are like, wow, that's a lot of money. Don't know how big a box that would be. Maybe it's a check. 
He's paid it. He's paid for every fine that would ever be needing to pay. But then, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, your parents go a little bit fast and you go, they get a fine. They walk into the police station to pay their fine and they walk in and they say, I've got to pay my fine because I was speeding and... Sorry if you missed that analogy. Again, listen to the podcast. I encourage you to listen. It's good. Anyway, um, <laughs> they walk in, they say, I've got to pay the fine. Here's, here's my $200. But the policeman says, no, 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 no. It's okay. Jesus has paid the fine. And you're like, what? I don't even know Jesus. Who is he? Does he want me to do something? Like, what's he want from me? It's like, no, no, I'm paying my own fine. And, he, and they put their $200 down and they choose to walk out and they've paid the $200. You know, Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin, for every sin, for every person's sin. He has paid it so we don't have to pay it. But if we choose to ignore what he has done, if we will not acknowledge what he has done, then it's not forced upon us. And we will pay that penalty. We will die and be separated from him for eternity. We will be separated from all that is good for eternity if we, will, if we choose to ignore his sacrifice, his payment for our sin. We must acknowledge what he has done. A little bit later in, chap- in Romans chapter 10, there's another blank, good job Nathaniel. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You know, for that person who walks in the police station, it sounds too easy. I get away with it? You're kidding. No way. It sounds too simple sometimes to to hear what we have to do to accept what Jesus has done for us. But God tells us in his word that if we simply acknowledge what he has done, if we believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross, he suffered and took our punishment upon that cross, that he rose again victorious, that we too can have new life with him, if we believe it in our heart, you are made right with God. Maybe you've never understood it before, but right now you're saying, I believe it in my heart. God knows your heart and you are made right with God when you believe in Him, when you put your faith in Him. It changes everything. But the other thing it says is confess with your mouth and you will be saved. The Bible tells us in other places that if we acknowledge God before men, He will acknowledge us before our Father in heaven. But if we, if we, if we will not acknowledge Him before others, if we deny Him before others, he will deny us on that day when we reach our Creator. We must acknowledge what Jesus has done. Maybe this morning you're thinking, wow, I understand it. I get it. Maybe you've gone to church for years. Maybe it's your first time here today. And you're thinking, wow, I get it. I believe. I understand what Jesus has done. I want to encourage you. Maybe this morning you want to talk to someone. Maybe when you go home, you want to say to your your husband or your wife or you want to call someone and say, you know what, I've been saying you're crazy for years, but I believe, I get it, I understand what Jesus has done. I don't 
I don't understand it all, but hey, I, I believe, I get it. I, I understand who Jesus is now. I want to encourage you, tell someone, tell someone if that is you. Jesus talked about the road to heaven in Matthew chapter 7, and I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 says this, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. You know, I want to tell you that I don't believe it's God's intention that it be difficult for you. But it is very difficult for us as sinful, prideful human beings to humble ourselves and acknowledge that Jesus is the only way. It's very difficult for us to come to that point of saying, God, I admit it, I can't earn my way to heaven. I can't do enough to please you to earn the privilege of going to heaven, it is very difficult for many people to acknowledge that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The highway to hell is broad. There's many ways, many beliefs, and many ideas that lead us to that place. But narrow is the way to eternal life through Jesus Christ. But if we come to Him, there is no one He will turn away. If we acknowledge Him, if we surrender our life, if we give our life to Him, He will wash away our sin and He will accept us in as His children, whom He loves, who He died for, who He rose again for and also wants to give new life. This is the hope of Easter. We're going to have communion in a moment. and I want to ask if the stewards would come and hand out the biscuit and the cup. And uh, this morning I want to let you know too, if you're worried if it's gluten-free, it's non-alcoholic, if those two things are an issue for you, don't worry, you can join in. This morning, as we receive that biscuit and the cup, the biscuit which represents Jesus' body broken for us, as we take that cup of grape juice that reminds us of Jesus' blood poured out for us, Let it be a time of saying, God, I want to say thank you. I believe in what you have done for me. And I give you my life again this morning. And this morning, maybe if you're not in that place, I don't want to put any pressure on anyone to take communion this morning. Please feel free if that is not where you're at. I I was in that place for a long time. I was in that place. I, I didn't understand what Jesus had done for me. And if that's you this morning, maybe you want to let it go past. And that's fine. There's no shame in doing that. We love you. We want to welcome you. But if you know, if you believe, if this morning you want to make that decision to say, Jesus, I believe. I just want to encourage you to take that cup and just hold it in your hand, the biscuit, and hold it in your hand. We're going to watch another short video just as we hand out communion this morning. I want you to think about what he has done for you. Let's just hold on to that biscuit and the cup and we'll take it together after this short video. Thanks, guys.
cross. It was meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to last for days. It was meant for slow asphyxiation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was the Roman soldier's job. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead, it was used by God. It was meant to stop a movement, but instead, it became the way. It was meant to act on fear, but instead, it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead, it became our peace. It was meant to uproot hope, but instead, it became the seed. It was meant to punish captives, but instead, it unleashed freedom. It was meant to build up Rome, but instead, it built God's kingdom. It was meant to discourage rebels. It was meant to stop insurrection. It was meant to put down Jesus, but instead, it set up his resurrection. It was meant to jeer and mock him, but instead, it was his glory. It was meant to erase a chapter, but instead, it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead, it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouth, but instead, it's why we sing. It was meant to be a judgment, but instead, it became our mercy. It's why the song of heaven is the lamb. The lamb is worthy. It was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters and diversion, but instead it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be appalling, nailing hands and feet to wood. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead it was used for good. It was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination. But instead, it became the symbol of Jesus' invitation. Come to the cross. Instead of sin and stain, you are meant to be made clean. Instead of being forgotten, you are meant to know you're seen. Instead of being ashamed, you can leave behind your guilt. Instead of feeling empty, you were meant to be fulfilled. Instead of being broken, you are meant to be made whole. Here, Calvary is calling. It beckons you. Behold, come to the cross. Instead of being an accident, you have a purpose and a plan. Instead of being abandoned, you were chosen by his hand. For all who've said, I can't, God has said, I can. No matter what you've done, the invitation stands. Come to the cross. Instead of being doubtful, you are meant to know your father. You are meant to be his son and you are meant to be his daughter. You were cherished from the start. You were always in the picture. Instead of being a victim, you were meant to be a victor. The result of Jesus' blood, salvation has arrived. Instead of being dead, you are meant to be alive. The cross, 
It was meant to signal death, but instead, it's a sign of living. It was meant to be the end, but instead, it's our beginning. Amen. Can we stand this morning just as we hold the biscuit and the cup? Lord God, today we thank you for all that you have done through the cross. Lord Jesus, as we stand here, we acknowledge that, Jesus, you died on the cross for our sin, but you rose again victorious, that you are alive, that you are the righteous judge who is coming back to judge the world. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you that we are made clean, we are made holy in your sight through your blood, Lord Jesus. Today, Lord God, we surrender our lives, we give our lives to you. We say thank you for the cross. Thank you for all that you have done, that you have won the victory, that we can live with you. And we just want to say thank you. Let's eat and drink, celebrating, remembering and honour, honouring his sacrifice for us.